1: hey, people-centric leaders, welcome to the People-Centric Podcast, formerly known as the More Than Work Podcast. We decided to change the name largely because we're People-Centric Consulting Group. Everybody knows us as People-Centric. When we're out in the streets and people walk up to us and say, hey, famous people on the podcast, I love your People-Centric Podcast. That hasn't happened to you guys? You haven't?
0: I haven't- have not been accosted in the streets, no.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I
0: have had yeah. it once. Yeah. I have
1: yeah wow okay well if you run into diana out there out and about make sure you tell her how much you appreciate the podcast which is now called the people-centric podcast because that's what people call it already this is really more about more than work we do believe in all of that stuff but it's really about people-centric and becoming a people-centric leader which means being empowered and aligned which is the meaning trying to make yourself as powerful as possible while also making others powerful at the same time so Today, we're going to dive into an interesting topic. A lot of times we talk a lot about the things that you do, right? As a leader, the things that you say, the things that you, how you communicate, how you work with other people. But today we're going to talk a little bit about how other people take what you say and what you do and may not take it the right way. Sometimes we think about that as a failure for ourselves. Whenever we go into a conversation and we say things and the other person doesn't take it very well and they go the wrong direction with it, but sometimes it's not a failure. Sometimes things are okay in that relationship. Sometimes you did the right things. You can do all the right things, but you still have only half of the equation in terms of your relationships with other people. So I'll start off with a little short story is I had a friend of mine who was applying for a job and my friend asks a question to me about why, whether I thought there would be any problems with this person in that job. And I was very blunt. I told the person exactly what they asked the question of, and I said, yes, I'm concerned about you and this job for these reasons. And I laid those things out. And that person was quite upset with me for quite a while. Now, there is, I could look at it and say, maybe I shouldn't have answered the question. Maybe I could have answered it better. And while those things are true, it's also true that maybe the other person when they asked that question should be ready for an answer. So, this is the idea. A lot of times we talk about again, what can you do as leaders? Because you can only control your half of the equation. But we also don't want you to think you're failures when everything's don't work out so well. So that's the topic for today. Is it's not me, it's you. It's your problem. So we have our whole team with us today, minus Matt, who's out on the road. He's out on assignment. I like to say that sounds very press-like. He's out on assignment in Bolivar, Missouri today. But we have our own Mary Ling. Mary, is it is it you or is it me? What's the deal?
2: No, that's a great question. It's me.
1: It's you. It's your problem. Well, you're very good. Like you are a natural. Like you're a fan of people. Was that fair to say, Mary?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Like,
1: like, like you love people, and we talked about this morning about how like your mission in life is to help other people to be yeah. more successful. Yep. Yeah. So, how do you take it? I just I'm going to jump right into this thing. So, how do you take it? when someone is not successful, despite your desire for them to be successful?
2: Well, I always look at the facts. So it depends on what happened in that situation. So if that person really wanted to do something, and they weren't given the tools or resources to do it, then I think that that failure falls on whoever can provide those tools and resources. But Mm. I think that people also, as we've talked in the past, they kind of kind of want to as well. And so they've got to dive in and find those resources that they need too. So I think it's a uh, definitely a two-way avenue there
1: yeah yeah I like that I like that you you got to kind of want to we did an episode on that a, a few months ago that you that there is a you have to own it at the end of the day right so if the other person if you want them to take this direction and they don't take that direction ultimately they decide not to that may not be there may have been nothing that you could do right. that's po- that's possible yeah. We also have Bethany Taff, our engagement manager for PeopleCentric. I know, Bethany, have you ever had to do, uh, you know, we talk about like giving bad news or have you ever had to have those difficult conversations with somebody that just wasn't taken well?
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's hard to do that. And especially if they just don't see it at all or if they are surprised by the information or something like that. That's really hard to do when you feel like we've got to address something, we've got to talk about it. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> and so that can be difficult. I also want to comment that I think that this, like, this is actually a little like off-brand for us because typically we talk about how like you have to own things. Like you can't control the other person. You can only own, you know, what you can change. And so we talk a lot about how we re- like reflect on yourself and the things that you can do and the things that you can change instead of always worrying about like what somebody else isn't doing. So I just want to say that, but I think that there's something really important here for us to dig into. But some of you might be listening as if you've listened to lots of our other podcasts and think like, hmm, this doesn't seem like the same thing that you guys have said before. So I just want to acknowledge that.
1: Yeah, there's this balance, right? So there it is, you can only control what you can control, which is kind of the point here. So but it's not healthy. Uh, So let's let's draw a line between healthy and not healthy. It's not healthy to say go into a relationship and say the other person's making all of the mistakes, I'm doing everything right. So I'm just going to keep focusing on what they're doing and not focus on what I'm doing. That's not healthy. What is healthy is to think about what can I do to make this relationship better while also understanding at the same time that you've only got some of the control in that. The other person may make some bad decisions along the way, right? So that, that's part of that. So Diana, I mean, we've often talked that you're dead inside, right? I am.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You have no emotional, no empathy. I right? don't
0: really like people, even though I work for a company called People Centric.
1: It's, it's really centric. strange. It's really strange. So if you get the joy of working with Diana, congratulations. <laughs> Welcome to this. Welcome to this. Diana, I mean, you've seen situations like where people get fired for not, you know, taking a step, not owning stuff, that direction. Mm-hmm. Like when do you think people should where how do you draw that line or how do you think our clients should draw that line between I'm blaming myself for this or I'm blaming the other person for that? What what are your thoughts there?
0: Man, it's super situational. I do know that like One of the best pieces of advice anyone has ever given me was from my mentor, Jeff Shrog, One of my mentors, Jeff Shrog. He owns Mother's Brewery. And one time he just looked me dead in the eyes and was like, you know, Diana, sometimes you can do everything right and still not win. Mm. And I think that was just sort of like life changing for me, right? I can do all of the right things. I can own my own stuff. I can be introspective. I can change how I act and interact. But sometimes the situation just lends itself to me not being on top, right? Like the other person has to see it too. The other party has to believe it as well. And I can't always change that other party. I can't always get them to see what I see. I can't always, you know, be aligned with them. And sometimes that, Misalignment causes disharmony. And even if, even if I feel like I'm doing everything right, even if I have done everything right, sometimes it still won't be the outcome that you want.
3: Yeah. I was going to say with that, sometimes it's, I like that. And also, I think it's just changing what we view as like changing our perspective on what winning is, because mm-hmm. I think that's a, you might feel like you're, you're not winning in that situation, but maybe we just are we just need to reevaluate what winning actually is, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so what do you mean by that? When you say like reevaluating what winning looks like, like what's the first definition of winning? What do we all want to have happen in those conversations? Like, what do we, what do we want?
3: I mean, from what, I, from what I'm hearing, from like what Diana was just saying is like, we want harmony. We want unity with everybody. We want everybody to like us and agree with us and all of that stuff. So that's what I think what we're people tend to go to, or at least I do.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's like everybody wants the butterfly rainbow scenario, right? Where everyone's enjoying life and everyone's happy and it's glorious and there's no problems, right? Like we did all of the right things. We had the right conversations and now everybody is happy.
1: And then what's the new definition then? So if we can't have that, so if you're going to have to give, deliver difficult news to somebody, or just this the conversation goes south or the relationship or whatever goes south and what's the new definition of winning what could that be
3: so when i hear this my my definition of winning then is if we are reframing that it's it's saying like i have a bigger picture cause that i that that i believe in more than just like Individual relationships, we're people centric, right. so we, we we care about people and we prioritize those things, but we also have to prioritize truth and knowing that we're doing the right thing. So to me, that's reframing what winning looks like is is, can I be caring for people and say, like, do the thing the right thing, even if it's going to cost a potential relationship?
0: Yeah. And Don, you, I don't know if you've said this in a while, but you often used to say like, we're people centric, not person centric. And sometimes to be people centric, a person is going to be upset or a situation is not going to work out because we're thinking about all of the people and the bigger picture. And so there is a difference between being people centric versus person centric.
1: I love that. And so is people centric harmony? Is that what people centric is?
3: Not necessarily. Definitely
0: not. If it was, I wouldn't, I couldn't work here because I create disharmony everywhere I go. Well, oh, boy. Thank yeah.
3: you. That's the thing. Sometimes it's sometimes in order to encourage growth, it's gonna offend people sometimes. It's gonna hurt somebody in along the way. Sometimes because it, it is personal. It's not, I mean, people nobody wants to be told that they're not doing something well, or that they need to improve on something, or I or we need more out of something, something or some situation or a person or whatever, like that is that feels deeply personal and hurtful, even but the but the end goal is growth, like it's to encourage growth in that person or in the in the team or in whatever it is.
0: I have never been in a situation in my life where I felt like growth was harmonious. I always feel like I grow kicking and screaming and like digging my claws in and so it feels painful for me because I don't like change partly, but I feel like that growth has never come from like harmonious situations. I feel like the growth, the real growth for me has come from the situations where I have been uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, So we see it, ha- I, I see it sometimes happen like on social media where somebody will post something that's uncomfortable and other people will jump on and comment things to help support the uncomfortableness without calling the person out and saying something that's obvious. Like, and I, I know we're going towards harmony. Like, why do we, do you think as humans like that harmony thing so much?
2: I think it's easy to create that negative narrative paradigm about the situation and then join it. It's easy to immediately, you know, jump on that bandwagon of whatever that negative thing is and even expand on that even more instead of stopping and saying, okay, that person must be having a rough day. Hope it gets better and not even making a comment on it.
1: Yeah, it's risky, right? In those moments to be able to, to break against that. It's easier to lean in, right? You get you get feedback whenever you do that. You kind of get a you become the hero. We've talked a lot about like the idea that in our we're all heroes in our own stories and the hero rescues the person, right? They they save the other person. So when the harmony is achieved, it's like, okay, we feel good because we feel like we're the hero. That's the way it's supposed to go. This has been a happy ending. I'm part of the, I'm one of the good guys, all of that. When somebody brings up, or when we are put in a position where the growth is the opportunity, but to get to the growth, we have to do something disharmoniousness, disharmony with dissonance. I don't know. <laughs> Nice thing. Dissonance using this with some dissonance in it. It's risky for us, right? Because the person, you know, how important to you guys is it to be liked? I'm curious because I, I like to be liked, like, it's one of the things, if I could say one thing I don't like about myself, it's that I, how much I like to be liked by other people. Do you guys want to be liked? Like I'm curious if that's like a universal traitor is that individual people. Bethany, I see you raise you raised your hand, which they can't see on a podcast.
3: Yeah, you can't see that. You guys can see that. The podcast listeners can't see that. But yes, I definitely struggle with this. I totally want to be like, if people don't like me, it's kind of I maybe this is a prideful thing, but it kind of baffles me. Like, what did I do? Why don't they like me? <laughs> like I didn't do anything. Me
0: too, Bethany. If people don't like you, I don't get it. I don't know. If that's them not you.
3: Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> but but it's happened right and it's like yeah, so it's it's hard. And also this is my skepticism when people and I know, I'm looking at you Diane. <laughs> maybe other people, maybe Mary too. I don't know what you guys are going to say. If people say they don't care about like what other people think or being liked, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's good. That's good. I was going to say, I do want to be liked, but not by everybody. That's my thing. I want to be liked, but there are certain people that I'm like, I get why you don't like me and I don't care that you don't like me. So I, I do have, I do want, I do want, you know, yeah. general everyday interactions to be likable, but there are definitely moments and times where I'm like, that person doesn't like me. And it's probably
2: a good thing they don't. I don't want to be aligned with them anyway. I have a motto that I've lived by for many, many years, and it's those that mind don't matter. And those that matter don't mind. And it's kind of, that kind of would define how I feel about relationships and friendships and likeness. Of course, I think we all want to get along with each other so we can have a good outcome, right? we can be productive together. But I don't think that you have to like each other in order to make that happen. I think you can be coworkers and still accomplish the task. Or, you know, if it's if it's friends, obviously you're gonna have friends over because friends are your thing and you have a relationship with them. But it's different from a coworkers per perspective, where you know sometimes you just got to work together, and that's okay. You don't have to like each other. It's respect is the mutual thing that keeps people working together and and moving forward together. So. I think for me, yeah, I, I like people and I like people to like me. I don't, I wouldn't say that that's not the case, but I think it's just having that mutual respect that's more powerful.
1: I like how wise those words are. I also think, I also like that you kind of acknowledge that it's hard, right? You have to keep those, that saying in your mind, because it sometimes goes against our instincts to not upset the herd. Like, I just want to, I want to make everybody happy. Everybody can be happy around me. I'm not going to tell you this really difficult piece of information, You know, we run into it a lot. We have two, we have four different values in our company and two of them kind of conflict with each other. And I'm going to say they don't really conflict. They more balance each other out is one is truth. And one is communication. The truth value is the idea that we talk about. Like we have to tell our clients sometimes that they're something they're doing is wrong or that their leadership is poor, ineffective, or that their company is not going the right direction, or I mean, we have to say those things. And so we as a company, we want to make, you know, one of our a third value is impact, we want to make an impact at the end of the day. So we know we have to be able to share the truth. But at the same time, communication is another value of ours, which to us, and you've heard us say this maybe in the past, communication, when it's really effective, starts by knowing that you might be wrong. So we also have to go into that and share observations, which is even doubly risky because we could be wrong. We could say, no, I don't think you handled that well. And maybe they actually did. And there's been times where I've gone into client meetings before and leaned in and said, I don't think I would go this direction. I think you're going the wrong direction, da, 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 da. And then the person says, actually, and they get a little defensive and they lay out new information to me. And I'm like, oh, I was wrong. And so it's it's a little bit tricky, right? Balancing those two things out. Let's talk about like, So one of the, one of the, one of the situations that comes, this comes up, I think a lot is when managers have to fire somebody. So a lot of times we surprise businesses that we work with, or people, even those of you who might be listening, when we talk about firing somebody, because you think about people centric, you think about this company that never has to fire anybody, everybody gets along, everybody's fine, but sometimes you have to fire somebody. And a lot of times when we talk to managers, managers get really upset when they have to fire somebody. Lots of times because they're worried about the other people, but frankly, if I'm being honest, I think more so because they feel like a failure. First of all, would you guys agree with that, that the hardest part about firing somebody is not necessarily the emotions of the other people because they feel like a failure. And then the second thing is, are they a failure? Like, is that a failure in management if you have to fire somebody?
2: I think it comes with accountability, right? So then you have to take on the accountability as a manager and say, am I doing what is best for... The business for the other people? Am I making the right decision and, and doing what needs to be done there? So there's some accountability. That's a part of that. It's not easy. It's not because you want everybody to come to work, do great and go home happy and safe and come back tomorrow and do it all over again. So I think it's, it's a, it's a tough challenge, but just if you tried everything that you could and you gave them all the resources that you could, you really got to figure out if it's the right thing and then maybe not get so frustrated about it. Mm
3: -hmm. But that's the key is you said if you've done everything that you could. And so I think you have to make sure as a manager that you have done everything that you could and you need to make sure that it's not just what you think that you could do, but go to your employee that you maybe is struggling and asking them, what do you need and what can I do to support you more or what information do you feel like you're missing or you know, here's the observations that I'm seeing and, you know, seeing you struggle in, can I help you in this? And just kind of getting their feedback, because I think sometimes managers see problems with employees and then they, they try to fix the problem without actually talking to the employee about what those things are. And so then nothing gets better. And then they do have to fire the employee. And then it's like, not great. It's not great. And so I think making sure that you are doing all that you can for that employee means communicating with them and helping hear from them about what they need,
0: yeah. And I was going to say I think the hardest part about firing employee is the conversations beforehand. The hardest part is the communicating what is happening and what you're seeing and why you think they're not meeting the expectation and what the expectation actually is. I think, when managers go to fire, they start thinking through, did I have the right conversations? Was I clear? Did I set the expectation? Am I measuring them appropriately? You know, and if they feel like they didn't do those things, then firing someone is really difficult. I mean, it's always difficult, but I think it's more difficult if you haven't had the right conversations and said the right truth beforehand.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, but then it's like, then you, if you have to have that conversation, it is them and you do have to talk to them about it and it probably will be hurtful. And people don't love to be fired generally unless they're just completely miserable and they're like, thank goodness they did it before I had to quit, which does happen. And so, yeah, so I think that it's like those conversations are not easy to have, but that's a time where it's like there might be some. Disunity—that's the right word, right? Disunity, but it's for a good reason, and it's not a failure if you really tried. Can
1: can I create some disunity right now and push back on something that two of you said?
3: Sure, Get yeah.
1: So. You said like as long as you've done everything that you could, then you should feel good about the fire, the the process. One of the things that I will I would say to kind of counterbalance that a little bit is that I know lots of managers who know, have a clear path with an employee but they look back and they are like, in hindsight, I should have done this, 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 and this. And because I didn't do that, now I'm going to continue to make bad decisions by not moving forward on this employee. I don't feel like I, get, I should have talked to them before this happened. I should have done this. So therefore, I'm going to give you three more chances when I probably shouldn't give those chances. I see a lot of heads nodding. Do you all agree? Like sometimes I think yeah. when you look back at those situations, I don't think any of us do everything that we could do. I think all of us could look back and learn something from those and say, I wish I had had this conversation or done this a little bit better. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think I don't think that there is a I could do everything that I could do right there. You could always do more. You could always add something. You could always have another conversation. You could always level set an expectation, right? There's you could always do more. But I think there is a point where did you do enough? Did you do enough so that this employee understood the expectation and still failed to meet it? Did you give enough resources? Did you give enough conversation so that any normal person could take it and run with it and be good at it and be fine and understand? And then is this person going to be surprised that they're being fired? That's like my, that's my thing. If they're surprised that they're fired, that I worry about that. I worry about what happened there.
3: I, well, and I can't remember who said it, but I think it's just the, like, being humble enough to to just admit that, like, there's probably things I could have done better, and I'm open to feedback on that, too, so while I wish, you know, here are some things that we did, but I I can also acknowledge that I could probably have done something different, too, along the way.
2: And two good resources that we would use would be your employee check-ins to be having conversations back and forth about what's going on and then also performance improvement plans. So if you get to that point where you've got to have those conversations with that employee, it's time to start documenting it. It's time to maybe put a performance improvement plan in place and work with them for that 30, 60, or 90 days and be meeting with them regularly to make sure that they're getting all the resources and tools they can to be successful.
1: Yep, I love that. Those are, those are good habits that companies can put in place to make sure that you're doing you're doing the best you can, or at least checking the boxes, right? You know which direction you're, you, you need to be moving. Now, we've talked a lot about this in terms of like a boss employee, but let's flip this around and talk about employee boss. Like we've seen employees give presentations or approach things the right way with their boss and seen bosses not do a good job of how they respond, right? Is that, it? so the same thing can happen, right? So I've, we've had employees come to us and say, hey, I gave the presentation. I had a great pitch. I brought it to my boss and they shot it down. And then we have to have the conversation just saying, Yeah, they did. And they're like, Well, yeah, but what could I have done differently to make them hear me better? And you say, it doesn't sound like there's much you could have done differently to make that happen. I, I see a lot of nodding there, but I mean that's yeah. something that's also very common, right?
0: Yeah, it is. I actually was coaching someone who very much wanted their job to be something other than it was. They had they had this title and these roles underneath them, and and the their boss was very happy with the job that they were doing. And they kept pushing their boss to like, let them do more, let them do more, let them do more. And their boss kept saying like, no, I like what you're doing. No, I like what you're doing. And at one point she was like, what do I do to get this person to see that I can do more? And I said, I feel like you've done everything and you've gotten your answer. You just don't like the answer. He said, no, he, you just don't like the no. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was, that was a tough conversation to hear. And eventually I believe she was like, okay, I can't keep pushing this. I either have to be okay with what I am or I have to move on. And those are tough conversations. But again, she kept pushing for something that he kept giving her an answer to that she wasn't hearing.
1: Yeah. Cause toxicity lives between the two things you just said. Do I move on or do I accept it? Yeah. If you yeah. if you're something in between those two things, it's that's where toxic behavior comes from. Because you're like, I'm gonna hold on to this thing, I'm not gonna accept the answer, and then I'm going to keep pushing back negatively, and now you're the toxic employee. And the problem is, is as you're doing that, you're you're that's the least powerful you can be when you're when yeah. you're pushing back. You're never going to convince somebody else to get your way on that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, those conversations are really enlightening because if if you are having the conversation it's going to highlight if you are either aligned or misaligned with that organization or with your leader. And that's okay. It's just information to take in and say like, okay, I get to make a choice then of how I deal with this. Like, is this where I, can I be okay with where, where they're at or where that leader wants to go? Um, Maybe, or if it's just like, no, I got it. I, I, this isn't going to be, this isn't going to be a good long-term fit for me okay, I think that's, uh, use that, use those conversations as a source of information for yourself and then figure out what you got to do from there. I
1: love that little grace, right? We don't talk about the word grace enough in business. I know we bring it up all the time. It's a piece that sometimes maybe you presented it and the other person wasn't in the right space to hear it. You know, maybe there's more of the story that's going on. Maybe you don't know something that's happening that necessitates a no or a response that's different, or maybe the other person's just having a bad day. There's lots of reasons why the other person may not respond the way you expect them to. The worst thing you can do is keep running down that road and let that really taint your story uh, about how you can work together. Yeah, and
0: I, I think it's especially hard when you know you're right. I had a situation back at an old job where I was like, we should do this thing. We need to be integrated here. This is how we can do it. It's going to be great. Everyone will love it. And the boss was like, I don't want to do that. I like how we do it now. I don't want to go there. And I still to this day believe that I was right about how to do that thing. And like, they'd be better off if they had done that thing. I still believe that, but that's not what the boss wanted. The boss was like, very plainly i don't want that thing i don't want to do that i don't want to go there i don't want to be that company so i had to say like oh okay okay am i going to accept that or am i going to move on i ultimately moved on but i did accept it for a long time because i was like okay that's just not the direction but i still to this day believe i was right about it and i think the hardest thing was thinking i'm right i could solve a problem but you just don't want it
1: yeah yeah So maybe it's not you, maybe it is the other person. It might be, but then you have to go back and think about the spin on that, to go back on brand as Bethany started us off with. Then you have to think about then what's your response going to be in that moment? Like, how do you how do you be gracious about it? How do you not make a mistake to add on to the other person's mistake, which I think is how a lot of the worst arguments and conflicts actually happen is one person makes a mistake. The other person adds a mistake and then they just blame each other for the mistakes that they're making. And that just spins out of control. So you have to figure out how to rise above that. So great takeaways of it's not me, it's you. So good news for all the listeners out there. You get to blame everybody else for the things that are happening, but you also have to think how you respond to that. So let's give our final takeaways. Let's go around the horn. What's your takeaways from this conversation?
2: Minds be mindful of both sides of a situation. So I know, I know we're kind of saying it's you, it's not me, but I think we can only control ourselves. And so, do the best that you can controlling yourself and providing for your employees or your friends or your spouse or your family, whatever it is, and um, just own it, own it the best that you can. And when things don't go right, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with still owning something that didn't go right and stepping up next time and doing it a little bit better.
1: Love that, Mary. Good.
2: I
0: do. I think mine is going back to the thing that I say all the time to people I coach is like coaches, like, Quit assigning intent to other people's actions. You cannot assign intent to others. You know your intent. You don't know other people's intent. So, regardless of what you're doing or how you're behaving or what you think is right, the other person has their own story too. So don't assign intent to that and just ask more questions if you want to know more about it. Like it maybe it goes to that grace thing too. Just be human and recognize the other person you're talking to as human as well
1: perfect good
3: yeah i was going to say like be gracious and if you're having a difficult conversation be gracious and only say what's necessary i think that's something to keep in mind too is don't say only the things that you need to say and try not to get into the weeds on a bunch of the little things that don't really matter because i think that that starts to confuse the conversation and can cause even more division when it's not even really necessary so like know the core thing that you need to talk about and just stick as close to that as possible
1: i love that yeah it's it's a trick it's being bold and humble at the same time which is really that those two things don't really fit and you i think i like what we said at the beginning of this is you have to kind of redefine winning right? Winning may not be that everybody likes you and you have a great relationship and everybody thinks you're the hero in the conversation. You might end up being the bad guy. It may make you look bad. But as we've talked about, the reason that we have those difficult conversations is because the opportunities on the other side is because they are always opportunities to be able to grow. So thanks for joining us on our first people centric podcast. are, but it's really a hundred and something episode of this podcast. We just changed the name of it. So same great podcasts, same new, a little bit of a different name. So come join us next time. If you have any topics, please send those to us and we will see you again.
2: Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the People Centered Podcast. We are so grateful for you joining us every week. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. Also, feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know. It really does help us. If you would like to contact us, I have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic. Until then...
2: Be well and lead well.